The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we are just a couple of hours from the weekend. And once again, it's a busy weekend in football uh, across the state of Alabama, across the country with high school football tonight, college football tomorrow, NFL football on Sunday. Uh, We had a game go on last night in the NFL. You could call it entertaining if you want to, uh, but just great football all over the place all weekend long. And I uh, hope you're all doing well weather has evaded us so far keep your fingers crossed on that uh that the weather stays away uh for our high school football coverage tonight but this is on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back my name is jacob goins with you inside the auburn plaza bar and lounge studio on a friday afternoon i hope you're doing well we've got so much to talk about today here on the show um in the second hour as always uncle t-bone wade bennett will join us here in the studio uh for on the line Fridays with him brought to you by Sensa Green so that'll be coming up in hour number two my interview with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott we'll have that for you at 2 30 as well um, but starting this Friday and moving forward uh, we're going to start the show with a guest that I've had on before uh, a guy that I met um, at SEC Media Days last year. So not this past SEC Media Days, but the one before. Uh, met this guy, and he uh, was just a joy to talk to. He is a very interesting character and uh, just a really, really fun conversation. His name is Lee Sterling, and he works for Paramount Sports. He's also the co-host of the Locked on Bets podcast. Former college quarterback Lee Sterling will start every Friday show with us, and he's starting with us on the phone lines. Lee, how are you, brother? It's been way too long it has been i'm great uh actually for our clients last week we had a great week and it's tougher now you know with the new you know the transfer portal it used to be you know kids were locked in they were there for four or five years now get some quarterbacks that have been three or four different colleges i mean Mm -hmm. it's just the movement is crazy makes it a little bit tougher but uh this is what I'm here for. I'm watching, you know, spring games and tapes. I've watched every game this past week, and uh, we went 11-3 and last week and looking to build on it this week. Let's see if we can stay on the roll. Well, having you on the show every Friday moving forward, Lee, is going to be a lot of fun because for you, the listener, Lee's going to come on and give you some of the biggest games of the week, and he's going to look at the betting lines, and he's going to give you some insights on what you should expect to see in some of these big college football games as Auburn starts to play bigger games starting next week with Texas A&M. He'll for sure be covering that. Uh, We'll be talking Georgia, Alabama, and really just the biggest games in college football. But before we get into it, Lee, tell everybody what you do who you are and 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 just kind of a little bit about yourself before we get into some of these interesting matchups in the sec okay so i'm former college quarterback played at southwest texas state now texas state in the early 80s and uh my 30th year in business if you want to check out the website 
think you'll enjoy it. A lot of great features there. We can't cover every game. So, you know, let's say there's another game you want to see me break down and predict, and there's some big ones going on around the country. You know, games like Penn State, Illinois, Michigan, uh, their game, uh, Washington's taking on Michigan State, and, and even the Ohio State game should be a fun game to watch, and a bunch of pro games. So, uh, check out those free pick videos on the website, ParamountSports.com. I sell selections. Uh, we, it's our 30th year. We've won 28 out of 29 years, and all my selections are up on my website. So uh, if you want to look back five years, every selection I've given my clients, go to the website, look under recent results, see every single game. So I use my real name, unlike some of these other guys out there. Uh, Jacob met me. I'm a real person. <laughs> real family. <laughs> yes, I can, and, uh, I can attest to that. He is real, and uh, <laughs> he is a walking and talking human being. I promise. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna win more than we're gonna lose. Anyone who's telling you they're hitting 75, 80 percent, it can't be done. But uh, like I said, we turned a profit. 28 of the last 29 years, and we're eight, 18 and eight to start this year. So hopefully, you can enjoy listening to the segment and impart some wisdom on you on some of the things that I've seen in each of these matchups. And uh, if you're ever interested in my football, basketball, baseball, hockey, or UFC selections, check out the website, ParamountSports.com, or you can call me, 800-400-9741. Well, I think it's interestingly for all of our listeners um, who either are into uh, betting, whether you are you know here in the state or anywhere else, or if you're just curious on the betting lines and what right. they say about the game itself, because I think that's really, really important too, Lee. And so uh, you've got some games. You give them to me every week. You have a set of games from the SEC this week, plus your game of the week. And so which one of these matchups out of the SEC, which ones are catching your eye here as we get into week three of college football? All right, let's start first. Uh, how about with this game? Kansas State is traveling to Missouri. So Kansas State started off as about a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite. This is down to three-and-a-half to four points. Wow. And looking at this game, and Missouri's solid. You know, uh, they decent running game, kind of a game manager quarterback, Brady Cook, and a really one good weapon of receiver, Luther Burden. But – Kansas State, I mean, you talk about a team, I think they've turned the corner. They have a quarterback, Will Howard, who does it all, running and throwing the football, much better than Brady Cook. They're deep at running back and receiver. In fact, they play three different running backs. Five different receivers have caught touchdowns already this year. They play well on the road. They have only lost three times in the last two years. They even beat LSU in a bowl game last year. And they, I just, I'm not a believer in Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, he was brought in as this great offensive mind. Watch their offense. It's like a dink and dunk. You know, <laughs> when they're playing someone good, how many, how many do you remember? Is there a memorable bomb that you saw them complete in no. the last couple of years? No. Yeah. It's, it's everything's underneath. Crossing routes, uh, you know, flanker screens. I don't get it here. I think Kansas State's the right side. I think they win, again, 30-20. to 20. Okay, and that's it's yep. it's one of those weird matchups that you know it's just like why right right why is this yeah. being played? But hey, I, I'm with you. I think Kansas well, actually, State's the way to go. Of, so if you live in Kansas City, Kansas City probably has Kansas City and St. Louis. Kansas City has a ton of Kansas and Kansas State fans, and also Missouri fans. A lot of people from that region go there, and then St. Louis is is a hotbed for for Missouri. So um, there's a little big 
rivalry. Those th- and Kansas, Kansas State, and Missouri. So kind of kind of like a, a regional rivalry. That's fair. Well, hey, yeah. there's another game going on. It's an SEC team traveling in another weird matchup. Alabama at South Florida, and I've got to ask Lee, how has the line changed in the last couple of hours with the announcement yeah. of or the news that Tyler Buckner is supposed to start tomorrow instead of Jalen Milrow for Nick Saban in Alabama? Really, no, no change at all, which is which is shocking. Uh, I, I I I was shocked that that they're making the change. I mean, one bad game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, so against you know, a really good really Texas no, team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a good, a really good team. I mean, if you look bad against you know Louisiana Monroe or or even you know a middle of the road team, I, I could get it. But I'm a little shocked that he's making. Maybe it's desperation. But here's the problem. Uh, Alabama, you know the practices can't be easy last uh, last week. And mm-hmm. this team, how bad is South Florida? They were outgained by Florida A and M University, three ninety three to three twenty two. They won by fourteen, mainly because they had a five zero turnover advantage. I think Alabama's going to lay it on them, fifty eight ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So no matter who's playing quarterback, you've yeah. got the Crimson Tide big on the road at South Florida then. Right. I do. Okay. Um, some other games going on in the SEC. And a couple of these lines, Lee, they're just they're those Vegas set lines where you're like, that just seems too good to be true. Maybe they know something that we don't. Tennessee against Florida tomorrow night in the swamp. Game of the week in the SEC supposed to be Tennessee sitting at minus six and a half. What are you thinking on this game? Because Tennessee has played better up to this point, and we know Florida has struggled out of the gate. What's your take on this? Do you have enough conviction to lay seven points with Joe Milton in this game? That's what it boils down to. I do. I mean, I think I would. Okay. All right. So think about this now. Florida, they did not look good against Utah, but they had four possessions where they had to start inside their 10. Now, Graham Mertz is not great, but you start on the road, your first game with a team, four times inside the 10 against a quality defense. That's tough. I just think that they're a different team at home here. They have won 16 of the last 18 against Tennessee, even with an inferior team last year and a much better quarterback, Hendon Hooker. They only lost 38-33. Uh, Tennessee had a bunch of drops by the receivers against Austin P. last week, and the dog 14-3 and against the spread in Gator games of late here. I'm calling for the upset, Jacob. I'm wow. going to stick my neck out here. Florida outright 31 27. Wow. Florida outright winner over Tennessee. We'll see. I had a guy yesterday tell me Tennessee is on upset alert alert here. And so uh, you're you're not the only one on that on okay. that boat there, Lee. So that's a really interesting pick. We're talking with Lee Sterling uh, from Paramount Sports and the co-host of the Locked on Bets podcast. We'll have him on every single Friday to start the show here on ESPN 1067, getting you uh, updated and caught up and getting some picks and predictions on some of the biggest betting lines on the biggest games coming up in college football a couple more uh before i know you got to get out of here georgia on the or georgia at home excuse me georgia at home against south carolina lead they're near four touchdown favorites can the dogs cover that big of a spread in their sec opener so far this year i haven't seen a super team i mean it was georgia the last couple years it was lsu and then it was before that alabama 
I don't know if you can lose that much talent and keep it going. Alabama couldn't. LSU couldn't. It's going to be a big test this year. Now, they rattled Spencer Rattler last year. I mean, they won 48-7. Mm-hmm. They were all over him. But Spencer Rattler, after that, he beat number 5 Tennessee, 63-38. Beat number 8 Clemson, 31-30 in a bowl game. They also took Notre Dame to the wire and lost 45-38. I don't love their offensive line or their front seven, but it's not like the dogs have been great this year running the football against Ball State and Tennessee Martin. So I'm just not so sure Georgia is that much better than everyone else in the top ten just yet. I'm not going to put my leg in. I'm going to dip a toe in here. Okay. Georgia wins 42-21. South Carolina backdoor cover. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm kind of with you on there. I think South Carolina can keep close. I just think uh, four touchdowns is just a lot in your opener for a Georgia right. team that hasn't been overly impressive to start the year. One more game. It is your game of the week, Lee. It's a game yep. that may fly under the radar for some SEC fans or maybe even college football fans. Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. Ole Miss taking a 19.5 point favorite against Georgia Tech. What are your thoughts on this matchup? This is a, a really interesting game. Last year, Ole Miss just ran over them. Georgia Tech is certainly better. We're going to find out how much, though. Anyone wants to get the game for free, just be one of the first ten callers. Call 800-400-9741. I'll give you this game for free. 800-400-9741. The game is on me. And like I said, check out the website. bunch of different ways you can get involved. Uh, let's say you love baseball. We right now have won 23 more games than we've lost in baseball. I rate my games from 10 to 50 units. We're 9-2 and two on our 40 to 50 unit plays. We have a 50-unit play going on in baseball tonight. And this is not – some people will give you, you know, these, you know, minus 250 underdogs. You don't need me to tell you that, uh, you know, uh, the Cincinnati Reds with Tom Seaver laying 250 are going to beat the L.A. Angels. You don't need me <laughs> for that stuff like that. This is a line where it's, it's practically a pick em. In baseball, 50-unit selection. Rest of the year, 197. UFC, we're UFC specialists. I have someone on my staff who is amazing. He, he can tell you every match, the last 10 matches, he's like Savant, of, of every UFC wrestler. He knows wow. the inside and outside game. We have five selections, $35. We're 15-2. and two. On the last 17, Hey-o. 40 to 50-unit UFC selections. And football, let's say if you want to do a month, you can try that. Or if you want to just try us for a weekend, 13 games. It's called my world's famous Baker's Dozen. 13 games, just $97, ParamountSports.com. Or call us. We can also take your order over the phone and explain anything to you. Call 800-400-9741. There you go. Well, then on this Ole Miss Georgia Tech game, um, it's just going to be it's going to be a weird game, an interesting game. Yep. Uh, and Ole Miss, sh- I mean, they're definitely favored to win. They escaped a win against Tulane, um, and so that one should be uh, a lot of fun as well. Lee Sterling, check him out. ParamountSports.com and the phone number again: eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. Maybe not the sexiest weekend, but some sneaky good games in the SEC this weekend in college football. Lee enjoyed it, man. Like. I said it's been too long we'll have you on next friday and talk about some more games and a very good slate next weekend 
Look forward to it, Jacob. You have a great weekend. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, co-host of Locked on Bets. He'll join me every Friday to start the show here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. And again, I know that um, betting may not be everybody's thing, and especially here in the state where um, you know you, you got the struggles there. But I, for me personally, I just like to see and hear how the how the lines adjust, how the spreads change, and what people think based off of the matchup. I mean, uh, that's where I really find interest, and so I hope that you can find some interest in that as well. Uh, again, Lee Sterling, I met him a few years ago at SEC Media Days. Really, really good dude. Uh, he's down from the Miami area. I'm a really, really good guy. Fun to talk to. Uh, genuine, and he he knows his stuff. So uh, if you're interested in that, go check it out, ParamountSports.com. Uh, he is, again, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and the co-host of Locked on Bets, talking some of the biggest games in the SEC. How about him predicting Florida to win outright against Tennessee? Chris Gordy said that yesterday that Tennessee's on upset alert as well and I really found this interesting we got to talk about this news when we come back how about Alabama the news coming out today that Tyler Buckner is going to start against South Florida tomorrow for the Crimson Tide not Jalen Milrow we'll talk about that when we come back I'm interested in your thoughts on that because that is some crazy news to come out on a Friday before you go on the road and I know it's South Florida Bama's not going to struggle But are you surprised that they made a quarterback change? And who do you think should start at quarterback for Alabama? Take the orange and blue glasses off for a second, all right? Take them off for a second. Legitimately, who do you think gives Alabama the best chance to win football games this season? I want to hear from you. We'll talk about that when we come back. 334-321-1390. Don't go anywhere. The Friday edition of On the Line continues after this. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, back inside the studio here at on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio, to be exact. A big thank you to Lee Sterling of the uh, Paramount Sports and uh, co-host of Locked on Bets. Um, big thank you to him. Great guy. Uh, knows his stuff, so go check it out, ParamountSports.com, and go check out their podcast at Locked on Bets as well. Um, but I asked him about the, the news from Alabama today that Tyler Buckner has been announced the starter for Alabama tomorrow against South Florida. Jalen Milrow hitting the bench after the performance against Texas or whatever you want to say. And Lee was telling me that the line basically didn't move at all. And I think it's because it's South Florida, right? Alabama is going to run up and down the field on those jokers all night long, right? It's not... Bama is not worried about South Florida, but what they are worried about is SEC play that begins next week for the Crimson Tide. And this is a a weird report that's been coming out. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It seems like it's been confirmed by just about everybody that Tyler Buckner is going to be starting. The Notre Dame transfer is going to be starting for Alabama tomorrow. It just seems weird. Um, I, I think... Um, I don't know. I just think that it's a weird timing. I think it's a a weird move to make after the Texas game rather than before the Texas game, or it's a weird move to make before South Florida. Like, I don't know. What do you think about it? I'm curious on what 
Auburn fans' perspective is or just SEC fans, football fans, sports fans, what's your perspective on Alabama making a quarterback change at this point right now? 334-321-1390, that's the number to put you through to me. I just, it, it almost, it was so unexpected. And it's a Friday, the day before, and that's when the news comes out. Doesn't mean that's when the decision was made, but that's when the news came out. And when you look at Jalen Milrow last week against Texas at home, he was 14 of 27 for 255, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And coming into the year talking with Austin Hannon of Bama Central talking with Chris Gordy talking with other people that aren't on the show but that I'm friends with that cover Alabama and watch Alabama everybody seemed to be in agreement through fall camp that Jalen Milrow for the most part people were in agreement that Jalen Milrow was the answer and it seemed like when Tyler Buckner came in a nobody was excited about that transfer right Alabama fans weren't excited about it Auburn fans weren't scared about it it was just kind of a okay cool (laughs) like I mean we'll see what he can do and the feeling after fall camp was that Tyler Buckner was in third in the Alabama quarterback race behind Jalen Milrow and behind Ty Simpson but here we are two weeks in And even in game one against Middle Tennessee, who came in and got second reps? Who was the second quarterback to touch the field for Alabama? It was Tyler Buckner. And now after what was a not-so-great performance of Jalen Milrow, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good, all of a sudden Alabama doesn't have the faith and confidence in him anymore, and they're going with Tyler Buckner in game three of the season. Better now than never, I guess. But if you ask me, I still think Jalen Milrow gives you the best chance to win football games if you're Alabama because of the potential that he has. He's got to get better. There's no doubt. Can't have turnovers. right? He's got to go. He has to progress as a quarterback and go through his reads. Man, if you watched him in that Texas game, even in that Middle Tennessee game, Jalen Milrow will stare down his receiver's. Man, he will stare them down. And you can't do that in in, in the SEC because you'll turn it over five times. Like the, The secondaries are too good in this conference. He has to make progressions in his reads. He has to take eyes his eyes and move defenders around, which is tough to do. I'm not saying this is an overnight fix. But I think Jalen, you could see the potential with Jalen Milrow. Right, I think you can see the arm strength, the arm talent, the running ability that he has. But Alabama didn't really use it. And coming into the year, we knew Alabama's offensive line would struggle, which they have. We, we thought that Alabama would just go ground and pound and play old school Alabama football, which they carried it 35 times and threw it 27 times. So they ran more than they passed. But they only ran for 107 yards against Texas. They only ran for 107 yards, but they threw it 27 times, and Milrow had 255 passing yards. It's just weird to me 
And it seems like a oh crap moment for Alabama where they're like, okay, if Jalen Milrow can't beat Texas at home, there's a handful of SEC teams that he is A, going to struggle with, and B, possibly not be able to beat. Texting with some people, and they won't mind that I shout them out. I texted Austin Hannon, my Alabama guy on Wednesdays. And when the news was coming out and wasn't 100% confirmed, he was, you know, I was asking him, and he was saying Milrow, but then the reports came out, and now it's obviously Tyler Buckner. He said, interesting if true. This, that was this morning when it came out. Here's what Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC said. I said, thoughts on Buckner for Alabama? He said, bad news for Bama. Need to stick with Milrow and continue to develop him, in my opinion. Buckner isn't the answer. And I agree 100%. You've got to find the same thing with Auburn right now. Could you imagine if Auburn came out and said, hey, Robbie Ashford's starting tomorrow? What? (laughs) You've got to find a quarterback and stick with him. If you want to build any confidence, any trust, any rhythm, find a quarterback and stick with it. It needs to be Milrow for Alabama, but reports say it's going to be Buckner tomorrow. We'll talk more about it later on in the show. Coming up, my one-on-one interview with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott here on the Friday edition of On the Line. With Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Well, earlier this week, I sat down with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott, as I do every single week here throughout football season. Uh, this interview debuts on fi- on uh, Wednesdays at 5.30 on The Drive uh, with Bill and Dan, and then I play it for you every Friday here in the first hour. So uh, Keontae and I talked about the trip out to California last week, uh, talked about what it was like to play in front of a bunch of his family and friends in his home state, come back home with what was a, uh, a nasty victory but a win nonetheless, and then talk about what homecoming means this weekend um, and what the Tigers are looking to do before SEC play opens up next week. So this is my interview with Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back, earlier this week. Joining me here on ESPN 106.7, as he does every single week, it is Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott for Tiger Takes. I'm Jacob Goins with you here on the Auburn Open Like a Sports Leader. Keontae, man, what a game, what a weekend it was uh, for you and for Auburn football. I got to start with uh, just how you're feeling and how the team is feeling now that you came home back from California 2-0. Uh, definitely, you know, always grateful to, you know, be able to go on the road and, and come back with the win. Um, I feel like defensively we uh, we clicked. Um, it was the first week we, we finally got to a point where, you know, we got us, our assignments down. Um, you know, still can always be better, but that's definitely the style of play we want to play with. And uh, for you personally, before we get into uh, the game itself, you and I had talked about last week uh, you having almost a homecoming for yourself going out to to your home state of California. Uh, you talked about having family and friends that were going to be there. So what was the trip like for you, uh, and, and who all did you get to have at the game? Uh, yeah, it was definitely great uh, to be able to get back to California, you know, for the first time in a long time. Uh, I was able to, you know, my grandma was able to see me for the first time being at Auburn, a lot of my family, my aunt, uncles, 
able to come and make the game. So it was definitely some um, great things, able to see them. Um, met my cousin for the first time that was just newly born. So it was just, you know, great, great family viewing. And I was super happy to be able to see them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I know you were excited about it last week, talking about it. I'm glad that you got to uh, make that trip with the team and go out and see uh, a lot of your family. We had also, and a lot of people, had been talking about the the tough road trip that it was coming from Auburn, Alabama, going out to Berkeley, California. But you had talked about how you know you wouldn't really have to adjust as much as other people would with the with the different time zone and the weather and all that. But how do you think the team did overall adjusting to all of those other factors? Yeah, I think we did really good. Uh, you know, Coach Reese put us in a good situation. We're getting out there, you know, a day early of just to prepare, get our body used to it. Did a good job on the plane of uh, our strength staff and our nutritionists did a good job of, you know, prepping us, making sure we're drinking a bottle of water in the hour. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, uh, a posture on the plane, just little things like that with the, with the trip. It definitely wasn't, you know, it was a difficult one as far as getting back. Um, you know, getting back in, you know, early morning on Sunday and then, you know, trying to just get ready to recover. So this week was just, you know, that was our main focus, just getting getting our guys healthy and, and recovering from that trip. Auburn football goes out to California, defeats California 14-10 to last Saturday, talking with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott. Let's talk about the game a little bit because it was uh, it was a tough battle and this was a a four-quarter game where the defense played lights out nonstop, forced a couple of turnovers. You never really broke. Uh, you hardly bent at all, did the defense for Auburn football. On a night where the offense just couldn't get any rhythm until later in the game, how difficult is it for for a defense to continue to go out there, maybe not in the best positions at times, and just hold firm and not give up any points? Uh, not really difficult at all for us. We feel like, um, like I mentioned before, just bringing up that standard of the defense and, and, and where we want to be at. Um, I know Coach Freeze mentioned it, but it was just a, it got to a point where we just, as a defense, just were like, okay, let's give them the ball back. Get them, keep giving them chances, keep giving them chances, because eventually our offense would click. You know, they ended up coming up big time and, and making a play, and that's just the style of defense we want to play. I mean, all game we were just like, no matter what situation we were put in, it was always just, you know, me being a leader, just bringing up, put the fire out, put the fire out, no matter the situation, where they get the ball. It just got to a point where our mindsets were and our mindsets will be for the rest of the year is if they don't score, they don't win. So that's just kind of the type of defense and the style we play with. And that was the first time we were able to, you know, um, get put in a situation to um, express that and, and show that. Yeah, Cal scored 10 points in the first half. Keontae, no points in the second half. You guys had to prepare for two different quarterbacks with one of the Cal quarterbacks sort of being banged up, and you didn't really know which one you were going to see and, and what effects they were going to have on the game. I talked to uh, Eugene Asante yesterday about preparing for two quarterbacks, but how do you prepare for, for seeing multiple quarterbacks in a game like this? Well, I think it, you know, it definitely helps having a Robbie Afford and a Peyton Thorne on your team just being able to uh, get those looks, you know, all spring and summer. So we're kind of prepared for a running quarterback and a, and a throwing quarterback um, per se uh, each week going in and out of weeks. So just being able to just know uh, doing good with our film study and preparing, just knowing that, you know, the different styles of the quarterbacks that could come in the game kind of changes the way we got to look at how the offense may try to um, attack us. 
And going into this game against Cal, everybody talked about their running game. They had an impressive performance in week one. They were talking a little bit going into week two with Auburn coming to town. And Auburn, your defense held Cal to 113 total yards and just one touchdown. What did it mean for you and this defensive staff to hold them to such low numbers coming into a game, like I mentioned, where there was a little bit of outside chatter, Keontae? Uh, yeah, we definitely, you know, we heard the noise, but we definitely just wanted to, we, we, we accepted the challenge. We felt that um, the word spoken was just a challenge, um, and we accepted it, and we, we played with that style, and and that, that you know, was kind of like a, a match to the, to the fire. So we just, we were just, you know, grateful to, to be able to just showcase that and, and just get that confidence going in, you know, being ready to go into SEC play and just knowing that that's what it's going to take each week is to stop the run. So we knew they wanted to run the ball, and that was our main focus on being able to stop the run and um, make them beat us passing. Got to talk about the co-defensive player of the week in the SEC, Eugene Asante, who had 12 total tackles, nine of them by himself, had a sack. He was flying all over the field, man. What did you think about his performance and, and just how much he stepped up in a game like this to help you guys get the win? Yeah, man. I mean, the way he just flies around the ball is contagious. You know, he kind of makes you you look at yourself and, and ask yourself if you're flying to the ball as fast as he is. And, I mean, a story just to tell everyone, I, I know I mentioned it yesterday in my interviews, but just bring it up again. I mean, um, I told Eugene on on Monday or Tuesday that week that I had talked to the running back. He didn't even know that I, I didn't talk to the running back, but I told him that the running back, I called him on the phone, and he said he was rushing for 200. And Eugene thanked me. He said, Keontae, thank you so much. I really needed that. Wow. And then he goes out and has a performance like that. So that just goes to show you where his mindset is. And I, I, want, I wanted to put a little challenge out there to see, you know, I knew what it was going to take for our linebackers. So I mentioned it to everyone. I said, the running back, I talked to him. He said he was going for 200. And, you know, everyone just, you know, playing with that. You know, Gene told me the first thing he did when he got in locked room was looked up at his phone and seeing how many yards he had. So, and that just goes to show you where Gene's mindset is. And he's going to be a big factor for us this year, just being able to fly around and, and just correct things with his weight, with his um, his effort and his, his play speed. So what you're telling me is you're the reason that Eugene went off on Saturday and you're going to claim his his SEC Defensive Player of the Week because you're you're the one nah, that sparked it all. I definitely wouldn't say I would claim it. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, that was his, his mind and his, his thought process. But I definitely wanted to, you know, edge it on and, and – and, and, um, require him to you know play with a little little swagger and, and uh you know on top of what it was already said just wanted him to play with a little swagger with it so I definitely wanted to mention that to him that's awesome but do you do you see that energy from him and from these other guys and yourself included in practice every single day and do you see that carrying 100%, 100%, on in games 100 percent. we play with that in practice we want to play with that all the time our motto is let's work you know Gene is the main head guy on that he's always saying it. he's always talking about it so that's just our mindset let's work no matter what let's work so let's, let's do it so that's just what we do in practice we talk about it we fly around that's just the standard as like i keep mentioning keep bringing it up that's the standard Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott joining us here on ESPN 106.7 as he does every single week throughout football season. Something that Coach Freeze had talked about in some of his videos and interviews after the game was the fan support that you guys had out in Berkeley, California. What did it mean to have, it seemed like over 10,000 Auburn fans there for Tiger Walk and for the game itself. What did it mean to have their support all the way across the country in a game like that? Man, it was just it was just crazy to, to see. You know, uh, all week we brought up that 
we may have to create um, some of our own energy in the stands. You know, we, we challenge our guys on the sideline and, and guys on the field just to create our energy with going away, like a game like that and 930. You know, you never know what, what to expect. But, you know, coming off the bus and just seeing that many people, I, I mean, you just look around and you see so many eyes just wide open. I mean, even my – like, man, it was just amazing to see, you know, the support. And, and it, it definitely helped us, you know, at the end of the day being able to go in a stadium and, and the crowd noise, you know, defense in here, crowd noise, and that affects some of the game. And just they just carried us through that whole win, and it was just something to see. So very thankful to be able to go celebrate with them after the win and, you know, and be able to get that win for them. Some of those that traveled and, and made their way over there for that trip, just being able to, you know, get them a win and, and just being able to celebrate them was just awesome. And, Keontae, as we flip the script into week three, you've got Sanford at home this weekend. It's homecoming. Uh, It should be a very exciting weekend uh, across the plains. And for the first time this season, a true night game inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium. What's that going to be like for you and this team? Oh, man, yeah, it's definitely another, you know, uh, experience that I'm able to, you know, share with some of the new guys and just telling them that, man, Jordan-Hare at night is, you know, it's, top experience in college football, best experience in college football. Just So just very thankful to be able to get that that, that experience and, and some of the guys get that experience too. It's going to be definitely some fun. Hopefully get some um, alumni back and just, just great vibes around the plane. What can you tell us about the Sanford squad coming in? Uh, Auburn's going to be a heavy favorite in this game, but you still have to prepare. It's another opponent in college football. So what can you tell us about the defensive game plan for the Sanford Bulldogs team on Saturday? 100%, yeah. So Stanford is an air raid team. You know, they want to throw the ball, so it's kind of a a, a challenge for our defensive back group just to being, being sound and, and being able to stop their pass game. And also, you know, every team has, has the ability to run the ball. So we just wanted to just stack on top of our performance last week and, and, and always get 1% better. So looking to do some great things on defense and, and you know, come out with the win. Like, always want to go in the game with, you know, that on our mind. But just kind of just – Focus on just keep preparing, keep sharpening our tools as we get into SEC play next week, and just wanted to just keep keep creating our keep creating our standard, keep standing on our standard, and just getting better each week. And just looking forward to getting some guys in and um, get some experience in this game. And, and if it goes that way, and, and as it should, we get some guys some experience to get them, you know, making some checks as we go into SEC play, where we're going to eventually, you know, need some of those guys. So it's a great week for everyone to just sharpen their tools. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, in, again, in a game like this, as long as, like you mentioned, if everything goes like it should and everything goes well, you should be able to get some of those younger guys into the ball game. Who are some of those younger guys that have stood out for you on either side of the football, really, that have really caught your eye early on this season that we could ex- expect to see on Saturday? Uh, definitely want to bring up Jeremiah Cobb. I mean, that, that that's going to be uh, a feature um, – great Auburn man, Auburn football player. So definitely excited to see him get let loose. And then also some of the guys that, you know, haven't been able to showcase um, some things yet, like Austin Osbury, um, T. Scott, J.C., uh, guys like that. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as uh, Griffin Speaks, Marquise Gilbert, some guys on our defensive end, and then some of our younger linebackers and defensive linemen too. So just going to be exciting to, you know, see them go out there and, and cheer them on too. Keontae, what is your what's your status for for Saturday and moving forward? I know Freeze had mentioned you maybe got kind of dinged up on Saturday. So what what's your status if you're able to tell us anything? Yeah, I'm definitely um, you know got with them, been battling some some body cramps. Um, 
you know, for for a long time now. But was able to, you know, Doc did a good job of, you know, getting getting me in and got some stuff done and and figured out the problem. So and now we're on top of it with, you know, some of the medicines I'm taking. So definitely back healthy and looking to, you know, get out there and, and fly around a little bit. Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott joining us here on ESPN 106.7. You mentioned how you got to take every week and get better and fix the little things. How difficult is it to not look ahead to next week, which when you're starting SEC play on the road once again, how hard is it and what do you have to do to focus on this weekend against Sanford for homecoming? Uh, we definitely feel like we got some things to you know get better at offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise. So we're not going to look ahead. We're definitely just going to look at this week on just getting better. And um, when that time comes to prepare for that team as it will, we'll, we'll get ready to, you know, go in and, and, and look at things like everything, everything, everything is going to, you know, spicing up a little bit, you know, certain mistakes that we may make uh, teams will be better at um, taking advantage of those things. So just want to looking better at getting, getting better this week. And we're not going to look ahead. We're just going to take care of this week and, and take one week at a time as close as we can. Keontae, i got to be honest with you, man. Last week, I predicted – I was unfortunately, I was wrong, but I did predict that you'd have a house call on Saturday. I figured being in California, big game, I figured you'd be able to break one loose. Didn't quite happen, but, man, I'm still banking on it. It's going to happen this year, right? 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, look, I know you're excited. You're such an electric player on punt returns and on the defensive side of the football. It's so much fun to to watch you, and it's, ex- it's exciting for me uh, to be able to talk to you every single week. Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back, joining us here on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes every single week. Be sure you tune in uh, here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn defensive back, Keontae Scott. So again, my interview, my weekly interview with Keontae Scott, uh, just a, a wonderful young man. He's exciting to talk to. I look forward to that interview every single week as the Tigers get ready to take on Sanford tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium for homecoming before the SEC opener next week at Texas A&M. We'll take our final break, come back, talk about a few things before we get into hour number two when Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins me from Radio Free Auburn for On the Line Fridays brought to you by Sensei Green. That's all coming up here on ESPN. What a Six, seven. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Uh, hour number one's been been awesome. We started the show today uh, with our new Friday guest. He will join us every single Friday right at the start of the show at 2.05 Central Time. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and the co-host of the Locked on Bets podcast. He'll give you his best picks of the week, uh, looking at some of the biggest betting lines in college football for the weekend coming up. So we talked to him, um, and then... Had my interview with Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back like I do every single week. We've also been talking about the news out of Tuscaloosa, that the Alabama Crimson Tide are planning to start Tyler Buckner tomorrow against South Florida on the road. Big time story, uh, a weird timing story as well, and a questionable decision there. Is Alabama hitting the panic button before the season truly gets off the ground, sitting at 1-1? One and one? I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk some more about that coming up in hour number two. Uncle T-Bone will join me in the next few minutes uh, for On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone of Radio Free Auburn brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green. We'll make all of our picks for the games coming up in the SEC, and be sure you join us at ESPNAU.com under the contest tab. Uh, be 
be sure you go and get your picks in for this week. They'll lock tonight at midnight. We pick a winner each and every week. Well, we don't pick. Whoever picks the most games correctly, you win. So we don't have anything to do with it. It's all in your hands. Uh, And we have great, wonderful sponsors for that. They give away uh, weekly prizes brought to you by Johnny Brusco's Pizza, the Orthopedic Clinic, Tzatziki's, and Vintage 2298 Butcher Shop. Uh, so be sure you go and get your picks in. Uncle T and I will be making those picks live on the show in hour number two, plus giving you our thoughts and predictions for Auburn versus Sanford for homecoming this weekend. Um, but want to talk about this really quickly before uh, the hour is over. Did you see the video from Philadelphia last night on Thursday Night Football? Did you see what the Philadelphia Eagles did around their stadium? It's very, very similar to what Auburn does every Saturday. They released an eagle, and it flew around the stadium, and the Eagles fans went nuts. Philly fans uh, and Philadelphia residents were going nuts. But it wasn't just any eagle. It was Independence, one of Auburn's eagles that made the trip up to philadelphia and flew around the stadium before the game last night really really cool um and a really really um just unique thing that auburn does and glad that they got to share that in philadelphia um the fans loved it and how could you not it's awesome it's one of the best traditions in college football and you got to do it in the nfl auburn got to be represented a really really cool event there last night at philly definitely wanted to mention that on the show today but Hour number one is in the books. Stay tuned. We'll make our picks coming up in hour number two, plus give you our thoughts, predictions, and uh, just overall talk about Auburn and Sanford. What's going to happen tomorrow for Auburn to win and get better before SEC play starts next week? 334-321-1390. Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins me coming up in hour number two. It's all brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two coming up. ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two on the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure you go and catch it with the podcast later on today. It'll be posted commercial free right after the show. We started off the show on this Friday and Friday's moving forward uh, with a really good friend of mine, Lee Sterling with Paramount Sports and the co-host of the Lock on bets podcast he's a big betting guy he studies the lines studies the teams he knows ball okay and we started off the show with him as we will every friday moving forward um and he gives you the best picks in the sec and college football 
for the weekend coming up. So if you missed that, be sure to go and check that out. He knows his stuff. He's a really good uh, interview. Really enjoy talking with him. And you can find all of his work at ParamountSports.com. You can get picks from him and sign up and do all that uh, with him at ParamountSports.com. But Lee Sterling started the show off with us today. Um, and then I had my interview with Keontae Scott, Albert defensive back, sit down and talk with him every single week. That interview debuts on The Drive on Wednesdays at 5.30. And then I play it for you in the first hour of my show on Fridays. So we talked about or had those things, plus talked about the Alabama news a little bit that Tyler Buckner is starting at quarterback tomorrow against South Florida. Don't you worry. We'll talk some more about that here in hour number two. But check out the podcast later today, commercial free, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. But it's a Friday afternoon. It's hour number two. You know what that means. It's on the line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air. Uncle T, it's great to see you, brother. Happy Friday. Hope you're doing well. I am doing well. It's, it's, it's great to be seen. Thank you so much for having me back into the Plaza Bar Studios. Brought to you every Friday, 3 to 4 o'clock, by our good friends at Sensa Green for air that's cool and clean. Call Sensa Green Heating and Air if you're in Opelika, 334-366-9237, and they cover the entire I-85 corridor, Montgomery to LaGrange, all the way to Lake Morton and down to Central Phoenix City. They're good folks, and always tell them that Uncle T-Bone sent you. There you go. Well, make sure you check out Sense of Green Heating and Air uh, for all your needs. Um, But on this Friday afternoon, hoping that the weather evades us, hoping the weather stays away. We've got high school football going on tonight. Uh, Nothing here uh, for Auburn or Lee Scott. Um, Auburn on the road up in or down in Montgomery at the Crampton Bowl, taking on the newly named Jag Jaguars, uh, taking them on tonight uh, in a big game for Auburn a region play another road game check out that broadcast tonight uh, Scott Bagwell Rob Pate Jack Hudden over on our sister station Wings 94.3 you can find that pregame 630 and kickoff at 7 I will be on the air at 630 as well over on AU100 which is 100.3 on your radio dial and AU100FM.com Lee Scott and Glenwood tonight, folks. It is the big game for Lee Scott. This is our Auburn Opelika, our Auburn Alabama, whatever you want to call it. Lee Scott and Glenwood, when they come together, big things happen. And uh, Lee Scott defeated Glenwood in the state championship last year. Three-game winning streak against Glenwood in football, so you don't want to miss it. That's on the road down in Phoenix City. Pre-game 6.30, kickoff at 7 on AU100 and 100.3 FM. So excited for that tonight. Be sure you're flipping back and forth for our high school coverage. I'm just praying the rain stays away, man. I'm really yeah. hoping. Warriors better strap it up tonight. Yeah, number, they, they got a dog fight tonight. Two, old yep. school rival. Won three in a row versus Glenwood. The Gators probably about had enough. It seems like from what I've heard and you've told me, they've just uh, hit the transfer portal about <laughs> as hard as Deion Sanders did out at Colorado. This will be a hungry Gator team at home, and they're about tired of losing to the Warriors. But that ought to be a great game. It's, it's the Jag school, the old Jeff Davis it uh, is, volunteers. Yes, yes. Yeah, not a good football program right now. Auburn should take care of business and yeah. move to 2-1 and one in region play. Yep, Auburn needs the win. Jag is 0-3, I think, so far this season. So yeah, they've been getting blown out. Yeah, and Auburn just looking for an easier game. They've had just some massive games to start sure this have. season. And so uh, they're looking for a win tonight again over on Wings 94-3. Lee Scott on AU100. But, hey, let's get to the phone lines. we got Terry waiting on the phones. Terry, hope you're doing well, man. Happy Friday. What's on your mind? 
Hey, Jacob. Hey, Uncle T-Bone. How y'all doing? Doing fantastic, man. Now, I know after tomorrow, when they make this change at quarter for Alabama, you know, you guys both know, some Alabama fan somewhere with this Copenhagen can on his left and his beer on his draft beer on his right and his ball kept turning backwards is going to say this guy's going to be the second coming of the snake or the Joe Willie. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know that it's it's, it's that's a, gonna happen. I promise. You. <laughs> well, Terry, let's just jump right into it. I think this is a massive mistake on Alabama's part if they do this. A few years ago, Jalen Hurt had to take a seat on the bench. The story was, hey, uh, we're just gonna let him kind of look at the field from over here for a while. You know, he was in a slump. He came back later after two uh, didn't get the job done and and helped Alabama win an SEC title. I don't get the feeling this this goes down this way if. Milrow hits the bench this time, Terry, and this is true, and these aren't just rumors, and Buckner rolls out there. I think Milrow's going to be on the bench for the rest of the year and buried there. I don't see how you can turn back to him this early in the season. And, and granted, didn't play a great game against Texas, but he wasn't the only reason they lost that football game. Yeah, and it Milrow looks like defense. they're panicking to me. Yeah, Jalen Milrose does not play defense. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, he doesn't coach and the it either. Got pushed around. Yeah, Kevin Steele's the coach over there, and the old man's about aged out. It looked like to me, and they didn't have any kind of answer for Steve Sarkeesian, who outschemed them and that entire Texas staff, m- the majority of which are old Alabama people under Nick Saban. I want to get into that in a little bit. And they outschemed, they outcoached, they outplayed, they outhustled, they out everything to Alabama in that game, and it just wasn't Jalen Milrow's fault. You know what they did, Uncle T-Bone? They out Alabama at Alabama. No, no question. And and I think Alabama fans, for the most part, have gotten spoiled on some of the offensive geniuses they've had down there, like Mil- like Sarkeesian, like Kiffin, some not McIlwain even. Brian, I'll throw him in there. Yeah, McIlwain was, yeah. at the time was a fantastic hired offensive coordinator. He did such so, a good job and, there. He got the job at Florida as the head coach. I don't know if Tommy Reese is going to work out or not. I don't think so. I mean, just given what we've seen so far, I wasn't a huge fan of the hire itself because does Notre Dame, has anybody ever thought of Notre Dame and offense in the same sentence? I mean, it's never been done because Notre Dame never has good offenses. They score 24 points and they try, well, they do this year, yeah. But in the past, Notre Dame, they're fine scoring 18, 24 points a game and just trying to beat you in a dogfight for four quarters. Yeah, Notre Dame was yeah, Notre Dame under Reese was tight end heavy, multiple tight end sets, a lot of play action, occasionally taking the shots down the field, but I wouldn't call it any kind of wide open RPO spread that you see in the modern day of college football, would you, Terry? Not at all. Not at all. Not not at all. And uh, let me switch subjects real quick to Auburn real quick. Mm-hmm. Look guys, R- Robbie Ashford is is a quarterback, is a great athlete playing quarterback. He's not a quarterback who happens to be a great athlete. Uh, he's not, Peyton Thorne needs to be the quarterback of this team, and if you take a quarterback out to let somebody run and play the red zone, it kills momentum and kills his confidence. Yeah, I, I think there are spots for Robbie, but look, I made this comparison to end the hour, I think. What if Auburn were to come out today and say, hey, Robbie's starting tomorrow against Sanford? What would that mean? They I lose. mean, you would, you, would have, you would have questions about the decision-making because people believe there is one quarterback who should start, and I believe that who, no matter who it is, you've got to stick with your guy until he gives you legitimate reasons to take him out. Yeah. Okay, this, Jacob, do, you, yeah. do y'all think, either one of y'all think Auburn wins that game Saturday in Berkeley if Robbie Ashford's a quarterback? No. No. Exactly. Case closed. No, they, you know, look, on that last drive, I'd forgotten it had gotten late in the night and it was a little hazy and I was, and Uncle T's no spring chicken and I was a little tired. Okay. I forgot either it was the last drive or, yeah, no kidding, or, or very close to it. Robbie Ashford 
nearly throwing a ball that should have been intercepted. And that was it for him for the night. Okay? And and I'm with you, Terry. So, and, and you got to – I don't care who it is, but I guess I really do. When you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. Very few teams have ever been able to rotate quarterbacks in and out effectively and win a conference title in the SEC. You got to go with a quarterback right here, right now, win, lose, or draw, and let them roll, and that's your guy. And if you need to bring Robbie in occasionally in the red zone or to get a first down, you got to get a little bit more dynamic with the play calling because Justin Wilcox and the Cow Bears had that – that that short yardage Robbie snuffed out Saturday night. Yeah, Jacob, you and Uncle T-Bone both know when they get to the superiority of athleticism that the SEC has, and they know what Robbie's going to do. They're not going to let him do it. Yeah. It's I think, simple as that. Well, if California can snuff out a fourth and two with him running basically a wing T uh, draw play, not a draw, a, a pulling run play, don't you think that Pete Golding, don't you think that Nick Saban, don't you think that Kirby Smart's going to snuff that out? Absolutely. Y'all have a great weekend. Thanks, you too, Terry. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I think it's the same situation with with Auburn or with Alabama. I think Auburn's definitely in a better spot at quarterback because Peyton Thorne's still the guy. Um, You do have Robbie Ashford with scenario-type plays and options for him, whereas in Tuscaloosa – they're just playing musical chairs until they figure out who can win football games for them, and they don't know what's going on. And and I've had people tell me Alabama – is hitting the panic button right now because they don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. It's week three, and they still don't know. Totally shocked to hear this news when it broke out earlier. Still got to see it to believe it. I'm a big believer in that saying. I say it every time I'm in here. If they roll out with Buckner and he's starting and Milrose over there without his helmet on, I am going to be totally, totally shocked. I, I can't really believe it. I mean, look, the kid didn't play the best football game. He's taken the majority of the abuse this past week from Alabama fans and from pundits in the media, especially those that are heavy Alabama leans that do local reporting here in the greater Alabama area. But it wasn't all his fault Saturday mm. night. No. And so, I mean, you know, are they just going to bench uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry? Yeah. I mean, he got torched. Yeah. And it wasn't for a couple of drop passes earlier in that game. That score is way worse than what it was. Mm-hmm. And it gets out of hand quick. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it feels like panic time in, in Tuscaloosa. Buckner rolls out there. And I got to ask the question, if he is that good to start in week three, why wasn't he that good to start in week one? Bingo. Bingo. That That's it. Like, why – why is it now that all of a sudden you trust him against South Florida? And I know it's South Florida, whatever. But you trust him in week three, but you didn't trust him in week one. And he obviously wasn't your choice then. So why is he your choice now after Jalen Milrow, a subpar performance against a really, really good Texas Longhorns team? It's just questionable, man. And this will all be a mute point if Buckner comes out and lights it up. But will it? Because, again, no, it's South so. Florida. Yeah. No. And, here, and here's the thing that tells you that. My guy, Lee Sterling, my betting guy in hour one, I asked him the question straight up. I said, how did the line move when the Buckner news came out that he was starting at quarterback? He said, not at all. Didn't move. The betting line didn't move when the starting quarterback changed. That tells you all you need to know about the team that they're playing tomorrow and how you can't really read into what happens in this game before they play Ole Miss next week. Well, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens with that line in the morning. There's always a lot of heavy activity of line shift barring some kind of crazy scenario like this quarterback change early in the week 
and then early in the morning on game day Saturdays, mm-hmm. right? So if that thing drops or raises, whatever, I think that'll give you an indication of what John Q. Public thinks about this move. But I'm with you. Look, it is South Florida, and South Florida is an inept team to think that, okay, yeah, I mean, they're an over 30-point underdog at home. <laughs> yeah. And since when does Alabama travel on the road to play a opponent like I know. this? I it's don't, weird. I've heard some weird excuses about that this week and explanations. I don't understand it. But Alex Galesh, the head coach over there at South Florida, where was he last year? Jacob Goins? Hmm. I believe he was the athlete, uh, the offense coordinator at Tennessee. Now, I'm going to have to double-check that. Oh, I thought you were asking me because you knew the answer. Yeah. So, I mean, if this, they're going to run a lot of pace. Okay. Right? They're going to run a ton of pace, and they're going to try and get a lot of plays out there. If they get down there in Tampa and Buckner and they're conservative and Alabama's barely winning at the halftime, what do they do? Do they just go back to Milrow? No, Ty Simpson, baby. And, uh, you know, they, they they roll somebody out there next. I mean, you know, this is a weird, this is a weird, weird time to be making this change. Unless yeah, there's is. some kind of injury to Milrow that we don't know about. There was some type of concussion that ling- lingered over from the Texas game, and we get that explanation. I do not understand the change yet. We'll talk about this and make some game picks when we come back here on On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett of Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by Green. Some interesting games going on in the Southeastern Conference. We'll have to do rapid fire when we come back, but we're looking forward to it. Then we'll talk about Auburn versus Sanford here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Let's make some game picks for the SEC games going on this weekend in college football. And look, some of you may look and say it may not be the prettiest weekend, and it's not by any means. But there are some sneaky good games, and I've heard some people make some picks throughout this week. Uncle T-Bone, this could be a really sneaky good weekend of college football so let's get into it make some picks we'd love for you to be a part of it as well go to espnau.com right now click on the contest tab and click on the sec football challenge it's brought to you by our great sponsors johnny brusco's pizza the orthopedic clinic tzatziki's and vintage 2298 butcher shop they are the ones who provide the weekly prizes and then at the very end of the season whoever has the best score across the entire year will get all of the weekly prizes plus a 55-inch flat-screen smart TV. You cannot beat it. All you got to do is pick some games, right? All you got to do is pick your games every week. The picks lock on Friday night at midnight, so go on, do it. We're going to pick or make our picks right now. And just so you can kind of get an idea on the leaderboard, um, I'm one behind. I've got 26 right now through two weeks. Our intern, Michaela, who is not here today, she's in the lead with 27. Get so out of here. Credit to her. She's sitting at the top of the top of the food chain right now. So uh, credit to her. I don't know where your score is, T, but uh, uh, you're on there somewhere. If I'm not first or I'm not last, I really don't care. <laughs> okay? Win or go home. I love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. Well, be sure you go and sign up, make your picks, and we're going to do it right now. We'll go ahead and knock out the rapid-fired ones really easy. Um, we know we're talking a lot about Alabama. They're going to win this game against South Florida regardless I mean you could put Nick Saban at quarterback and they're still going to win this football game so we'll both take the Alabama Crimson Tide I assume okay um Texas A&M will say they can beat UL Monroe um a lot of points in that game yeah UL Monroe uh 
coached by former Auburn and Sanford coach Terry Bowden. I've forgotten that? about that. How about They're that? They're 2-0 with no offense and probably not much defense. A&M, the offense has looked a lot better this year, Jacob. They you need a bounce admit back. That, but their defense is putrid right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. They need a bounce back win desperately before Auburn comes to town next yes. weekend. If they don't blow out Lamo this week, there are even bigger problems in College mm-hmm. Station that we already think there are. You better believe it. Kentucky taking on Akron. Don't think there's any debate there. They need to start looking a little better, though, Kentucky. I will say that. A little anemic on offense, very conservative. Yeah. Uh, league play starts next week for them. They'll travel to Vanderbilt. Uh, speaking of Vanderbilt, they take on UNLV. How about the sneaky good game? Right. I've got Vandy. They're gonna get. They got to get to six wins somehow. This will be one of them. Give me Vanderbilt on Saturday. Now, Vandy. Vandy showed that they were Vandy last week when they went over to Wake Forest and Uncle T had been drinking the Vandy Kool Aid, thinking they were gonna go three and zero. I'm out on the Commodores. Oh, sell, no. sell, sell. I'll take the Running Rebels at home in Las Vegas. And let me tell you something. If you're betting on this game, you need help. <laughs> this is this is like betting on some Russian ping pong yeah, on, on a mean, Sunday night at two in the morning, huh? This is ridiculous. Vanderbilt and all fifteen of their fans will travel out to Las Vegas <laughs> this week. What station is that on? Bally? <laughs> Not even on TV. You gotta yeah. stream it. Stream it somewhere, I'm sure. Um some of the interesting games. Arkansas and BYU. Your thoughts here on this one, T a couple minutes here. Arkansas and BYU I'm gonna take the Razorbacks Mm -hmm. but they haven't shown me anything so far people were about to burn my house down when I said that KJ (laughs) Jefferson was the sixth best quarterback coming into this year in the SEC he's kind of proven me right so far he hasn't done a whole lot yeah they they really have not I, I mean honestly I have it's been hard to find them on TV so their schedule's been terrible this is a classic look ahead game I think it's a lot closer than even the line says. LSU travel, uh, Arkansas travels to LSU next week. They must be looking ahead, or they're not going to show a whole lot. Close game, and wherever they're playing, whether it's Little Little Rock or Vietnam, Arkansas, I'll take the hog straight up. Yeah, I like Arkansas in this game as well. Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, a game where Ole Miss they escaped Tulane last week, and look, I picked Tulane. And that I picked that on Friday before we learned about their quarterback not That's playing right. on Saturday. That's ridiculous. They should have told me that beforehand. But Ole Miss still had to fight Tulane to get they out did. of there. They won, and the score tells the score doesn't tell the whole story no, there. Definitely not. Ole Miss taking on Georgia Tech. I'm going to take Ole Miss. I think this is a game they'll put up a lot of points. I don't think Georgia Tech's got the guys. And while I haven't been impressed with Ole Miss just yet, I think they win on Saturday. Well, Ole Miss is uh, taking care of business one way or another so far. They will again this Saturday. But why on earth would they want to just kill the Yellow Jackets this weekend with a trip to Alabama next week? They're Mm -hmm. not going to show a whole lot. They'll get out of there, get a win, and move on to Tuscaloosa next week. We're starting to get into some of these good games in the SEC, Uncle T-Bone. Kansas State traveling to Missouri. And the line has moved on this game. I was talking with Lee Sterling in the first hour. This has gone from almost six points That's anywhere right. to three and a half to four points. Kansas State still favored here. And I was and I told him, I said, this is one of those lines where Vegas almost knows something. It seems too good to be true. I got Kansas State. Don't overthink it, folks. Yeah. Kansas State's going to win this football game. This is one of those Vegas fakeouts where they're trying to get you to play Missouri. 
but it's really just a layup on Kansas State. Missouri's going to need the outlaw Josie Wells to come in and take on these Kansas <laughs> Redlegs to get this win. K-State should dominate Missouri. They're not a very good football team. No, and it doesn't matter that you're on the road, and I put in quotations, in Missouri. I mean, Kansas yeah. State fans are going to travel. That stadium will be half purple by the time kickoff starts. This so. is a Missouri team that still has people on their team that lost to Brian Harson last year. I'm not a believer. Mm, yeah, that, that stings for any Missouri people out there. Three, three more games coming up. We'll talk Auburn-Sanford later on. Where do you want to start? I'll let you pick the next one. Which way do you want to go on this? All right, so where are we? We're going to look at Tennessee and Florida. Okay. I, I still don't understand why this line is as low as, as it is. I know that Tennessee has not beaten Florida straight up in Gainesville since 2003, but only given six and a half. I think it's another layup. Florida's not a good football team, and and, and they showed that when they played Utah. See, this is where it really has gotten spicy. I have people telling me, Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, Lee Sterling, co-host of Locked on Bets, they're telling me Florida outright, Uncle T-Bone. Florida gets a win, night game in the swamp, a I asked Chris yesterday, is this a uh, a job-saving win for Bailey Napier in Florida? He doesn't think it would be. He doesn't think he's out quite yet. But they're t- I got people telling me Florida in this football game, I just don't see it, man. I can't, I can't do either. it. I You like to say you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. I have not seen it, and I'm not believing it with Florida right now. Give me Tennessee. I'm not going to mess with the spread because I just don't know. Things get weird down there in Gainesville at night. Sure. But give me Tennessee. They're going to win this game. They'll find a way. Joe Milton's too good. I know he hasn't been good yet. But he's too good to be to be beaten by this bad Florida team. Yeah, I'm with you. LSU at Mississippi State, 11 o'clock a.m. tomorrow in Starkville. This is what I call the all-time yeah. old Jefferson Pilot game of the century. I think these two teams have played on Jefferson Pilot with the old Jefferson Pilot network and the three bobs more than any other. If they haven't, I'd be willing to bet on it. I have taken LSU here, but this is one of those where we're getting closest to game time. I'm starting to kind of like the Bulldogs. Wow. So what's your pick? I picked LSU. Okay. Okay. LSU favored by nine and a half. Hammer Mississippi State on the points. Do I have the full confidence in them to win this football game? No. But Mississippi State will have this as a ball game in the fourth quarter. Keep drinking the Bulldog Kool-Aid. I'm telling you, people have slept on this team. They are good. And I know I talk about 11 a.m. kicks benefit the road team in the SEC and in college football. This will be a fun game tomorrow. Mississippi State will play this within a touchdown, but I am going to take LSU to win. Yeah, Mississippi State fans are used to playing in this 11 o'clock slot. At yeah, home, they are. So it's not going to be an effect to them. They're, they're, they're not late-nighters anyway. LSU fans, on the other hand, will be up all night in all parts of Mississippi and migrating down into Starkville. It's going to be an interesting ball game. I picked LSU to win, but I would not be surprised if there was an upset here. Yeah, it would not surprise me, but I do think LSU's just got a little bit more talent. Um, And this is a duel of quarterbacks, too, by the way. So really excited uh, for the Jaden Daniels and the Mississippi State show as well. South Carolina and Georgia. Georgia's favored by almost four touchdowns. Ain't no way. No way that they win this thing by four scores. And their SEC opener, Georgia's going to win. Don't get me wrong. They will not cover a 27.5-point spread. You can book it. 
Well, this is where I'm going to have to disagree with you. The oh. people that I know, I have tons and tons of contacts up in South Carolina. Went to college with some good South Carolina people. Been spending time up there playing golf ever since college, and they all tell me that their offensive line is so terrible that they feel like they're just going to get dominated. But these are the same people that always just are really there for the Bojangles chicken when they watch South Carolina. And South Carolina fan has not had a lot of history to cheer on. I like the dogs big tomorrow. Wow. And, they, they, and then Kirby comes back out and proves to everybody why they're number one. Wow. Well, I think there are some – there's a chance for some good games tomorrow, but I think we can all agree – there's a chance for some blowouts tomorrow, too, in the SEC. But when we come back, we're talking Auburn. We're talking Samford. What has to happen in the first night game of the year at Jordan-Hare Stadium? And how can Auburn get better? That's the big thing I've been hammering. How can they get better before they play Texas A&M a week from tomorrow? Stay tuned. We'll talk all about it here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins, joined on Fridays by Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett for On the Line Fridays with him from Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. We'll take a final call before we start talking Auburn Sanford, get our thoughts on the football game tomorrow. 334-321-1390. Dak, you're on the line, man. Great to hear from you. It's been a minute yeah hey jacob how you doing doing good man what's on your mind hey man well just to answer your question well, there's two things that i'll be looking for tomorrow is i want to see separation from the receivers uh, i've yet to see that even against umass we did not have a whole lot of separation in our routes and and that is a, a big concern of mine uh, also you know cal you know we had several times where we call for three-step drop, get rid of it quick, mm-hmm. and their DBs were almost like white on rice. And so my concern there is, all right, so Cal didn't fear our receivers for some reason, or we don't, and we don't have conversions off those. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's the very, uh, the, the play where uh, uh, we fumbled and they scored, mm-hmm. You know, that was a three-step drop, and he should have got rid of it one way or another. You know, if the guy ain't open, you got to throw it over over his head. Right. And, you know, that's the same play that Aaron Rodgers got hurt on. You know, uh, yeah. why he didn't get rid of the ball on the three-step drop is beyond me. But but we did that three or four times against Cal. And so that concerns me a lot. Um, the other thing that I'm concerned about is – our tight ends and receivers blocking. They did a terrible job against Cal. Uh, the effort was terrible as well by some. I don't want to call no names. But that's the two things that I'm going to be you know, looking for. If we don't yeah. get better in those two areas, we ain't got a shot over the next three weeks. 
Yeah, I think you bring up two really good points. Uh, separation from the receivers and then blocking by the receivers, which hasn't been brought up a whole lot. So it's a really interesting angle uh, and two things that we'll definitely talk about. Dak, great to hear from you, brother. Have a great weekend. Yeah, that's Dak joining us on the phone lines. What do you think about that? It's a great transition from talk, making our picks to talking about this Auburn-Sanford game. And that's the question I've posed to everybody this week is, how can Auburn get better? The, look, as long as Auburn handles business and plays the way they're supposed to play, the win is not in question. Now, if you go and turn the ball over and make stupid plays, then sure, Sanford can come in here and beat you, no doubt. But with the win not in question, we'll say Auburn wins the game. But how can they get better before playing Texas A&M next week? And those are two really good points from Dak. Well, I think that Auburn's sort of in a difficult situation here. There's going to be a lot of things that they want to work out this weekend against Sanford, but there's a lot of things they're not going to want to show, and I feel like that they have been holding back, and including against California. I think that a lot of our routes have been very vanilla right now. I see a lot of similarities, and I know this is going to kind of make some Auburn fans grip the steering wheel with their white knuckles as hard as they can when they hear this, but it looked like that route tree against California was a lot like the route tree that Gus Malzahn used to run mm. and we were running into coverage into zones oftentimes uh, I am looking for a little bit more speed and playmaking ability from Auburn receivers out there I think in the future I'd love to see Jay Fair and Javarius Johnson on the field together mm -hmm. stretching the field one and 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 like Waddle and Tariq Hill not saying they're that caliber yet doesn't Miami somebody's stretching the field somebody's working underneath very quickly yeah. right so I, I believe you're going to see a little bit more dynamic and complicated route tree coming out in the future but why show it now, right? But you also have to work on some of these things in live fire. If you don't, you just whip them out against a hostile crowd in College Station. It all could, could backfire. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I think it, it kind of goes to the point that I've made of you don't have to just open up the playbook and go to page 104 and find a play down there, but you have to let your guys play. And you got to the words I've been using all week long – with the offense, whether it be Peyton Thorne, the offensive line, even the running backs who didn't look all that impressive against Cal. Jarquez looked shady. He looked rusty, right? He, we had guys putting the ball on the ground. Yeah, uh, the what, turnover's got to stop now, yeah, you regardless better believe of who that. you're playing. Yeah, you better believe that. And with the receivers, like Dak was mentioning and like you're talking about, you got to build some rhythm, build some confidence in everybody. And the way you do that is to call plays that allow them to do that. Like I said, you don't have to open up the whole playbook against Samford, but some sort of styles of plays, you've got to make calls and get some get some confidence in this group before they play A&M next week. A few years ago when we played Georgia State, their defensive line dominated our offensive line. It was a harbinger of bad things to come in the Auburn football program. I think people – very much underestimated the effect of that football game and what it was going to be, what it was going to show Auburn was going to be like under Brian Harson. Because in the thrill of T.J. Finley bringing us back, everyone lost sight that we got dominated in that football game, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, if I turn on the TV tomorrow or if I go to the game, I hadn't quite decided yet. It will depend on the weather. Or listen on Wings 94.3. Which I'll definitely be doing because 94.3 is fantastic. You can listen to me and Jack tomorrow, by the way, yes, at 2 o'clock. So um, – on the game day at Wings. There it is. There's your plug. There's your so plug. <laughs> uh, my thoughts are if I, whatever, however, if I'm listening to Andy and Jason, if I'm watching it on TV, Disney Plus or whatever it's on, if I'm, if I'm at the game and I see any kind of indication that we're going down the road that our offensive line can't push them around and run blocking, I'm going to start gripping the steering wheel hard myself. Yeah, there are. I want to see that offensive line yeah. pushing people, and I want to see – 
Jarquez Hunter look like the old Jarquez Hunter that reminds me of Jane Bostic. There you go. I think the offensive line has some skill. I think they're still trying to figure out who needs to be where. Um, And I think you're looking for experience playing together. We know they're new faces on the offensive line right now. Um, But I've said it to Tom Miller, I wasn't overly impressed with, but that was his first big game here at Auburn. And so um, whether he continues to play right tackle or they move Gunnar Britton over there or whatever the case may be, I'm still fine with Avery Jones up there. Um, there's just some some rotations I think need to be made and maybe some adjustments on that offensive line. But does it matter? If you're wearing the orange and blue with the SEC on your patch, you should be able to push them around against Sanford. You're absolutely right, Uncle T. And what that should do is allow Auburn to run the football because we know that's what Auburn's going to do with Jarquez, with Damari Austin, with Jeremiah Cobb, with whoever in the world they want to run the ball with. That's what their plan is going to be. But Peyton Thorne, he has to be better. He has to be better. And Hugh Freeze has said as such. He said that Peyton Thorne has to play better, make better decisions, not turn the ball over, whether it be fumbling or interceptions. Peyton Thorne has to play better if Auburn wants to have a successful season. And so, again, us talking about all these things, the win is, as I said, should not be in question. I don't want to get clipped and and thrown over social media and dragged through the mud if Auburn somehow fumbles this thing. But if Auburn does what they're supposed to do and they win the football game, it's not about that. It's about adjusting and getting better because how many of you listening right now how many of you are impressed and confident in what you've seen through two weeks for Auburn football what's your answer to that T-Bone well I mean I said it on my blog at RadioFreeAuburn.com you know right after the game I mean you know Auburn was very fortunate to win that game it's sometimes it's not how you drive but how you arrive yeah would you rather be lucky and fortunate to be 2-0 hosting Sanford right now or completely snake bit like California seems to be in these close games and one and one in hosting Idaho. So so that really right there should tell you the answer. I feel like we're very fortunate right now to be two and oh. Yeah, and, and imagine this. What if we were sitting here on this Friday afternoon and Auburn was one and one? The Auburn phone had would lost be that. ringing off the hook right now. Yeah, because people would be flipping out. And that's rightfully right. so. People would be scared so and worried if Auburn had not won that game. But that's what that proves how valuable a win truly is in college football because Auburn didn't lose. They won. They found a way to do it. And you have to come out tomorrow. It's your first night game in Jordan-Hare of the season in 2023. It's homecoming. It's supposed to be raining tomorrow. I haven't looked at the updated radar as of this afternoon, um, but not supposed to be great weather in the Auburn area. So maybe that has a factor in what we see. And again, we may be sitting here at the same time next week saying, man, Auburn's got to show us something against A&M because they didn't do it against Sanford if the weather has anything to do with that. Well, Peyton Thorne right now, 10, I believe 10 of 17, 141 yards last week. Is that right? It's, I mean, it, Auburn threw the ball 17 times total. Yeah. I think he had like 14 pass attempts, and Robbie had two or three. Okay, uh, one. You know, I, the the stats have not been uh, just ridiculous so far this season, like I thought they would be in the first two games. He's got. I'm not going to say that there's a confidence issue, right? There were a couple of plays though where I felt like against California, you just pulled the trigger, man. It's like the caller said, Dax. You know, you got to either make that split second decision. You either got to bring that ball in there on that. That, that short yardage play like Aaron Rodgers didn't and got hurt, mm-hmm. or you got to send it out into the stands and let's punt and move on. Don't run around no. holding the ball like a greased pig 
and basically getting away with a fumble that should have been a return back for a touchdown. And then we might be talking about a whole different game at that point. Mm -hmm. It was a close enough game to begin with. So I'm with you. I want to see more confidence out of Peyton Thorne. I want to see a dominant offensive line running the ball. And offensively, I want to see uh, some playmakers on the outside step up and get some separation. Defensively, I just want to see us play a clean game and not have any injuries because I'm going to tell you right now, Jacob, I'm starting already after game two to worry about our depth and what's going to happen moving forward with the injury. We cannot afford many more injuries on the defensive side of the ball, especially at linebacker. You're 100% right. The, the defensive side of the ball – I mean, injuries have plagued him already, and it's it it sucks to 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 be just blatant with you because coming into the year, I had hyped up this linebacker room, and I had talked about how for the first time in years, Auburn had this magical, crazy idea of depth at the linebacker spot, and they had guys that could play ball, they could go to and rely on for four quarters, they could go to the bench and bring some guys in, and they were going to be okay. Well. Now you've got guys that are banged up. We know Austin Keys is out for the foreseeable future. We know that Larry Nixon got banged up on Saturday. Uh, you know that in the back end of the defense, Nehemiah Pritchett still hasn't played. We know Keontae Scott dealing with some injuries as well. He's been banged up since the Cal game. So you look at just the defense as a whole, and I mean Auburn's got to find a way to stay healthy. There's some playmakers there. But you've got to stay healthy and you've got to find a way to make plays and not have to go to your bench and stay healthy. And I know it's easier said than done sitting right. here in the studio. But, yeah, if this trend continues, by the time Auburn gets through that brutal stretch of A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Georgia, I mean, that's that's going to be terrible. Auburn's not going to have enough players to play if this trend continues. Well, when the season dropped and I saw that there was a, a bye week after week five when we host Georgia, I, I did not like how that set up. Now I'm beginning to like how it sets up, yeah. right? I don't think LSU is quite as good right now as I gave them credit for going into the season. You know, if they can just go ahead and take care of business tomorrow and work on some things i really not looking for the score i'm not looking for the big score like i was against umass right and i'm not going to predict it either when we get to that mm -hmm. i'm just looking for them to play solid ball get out of here with a w get ready for college station that to me is the demarcation line of the season once we got past california yeah get a win somehow some way at College Station, come back home, let's lock the gate, let's take you freeze word, let's lock the gate and see what happens against Georgia and get in the bye week and get healthy yes. because it's going to be a long season after that. Looking at the schedule before we take our final break and give our final thoughts on Auburn versus Samford, looking at that Cal game, I mentioned this, but I didn't get to fully talk about it. It's been a crazy week here on the show, been a lot of fun. Looking at the schedule for Auburn, if they handle business tomorrow like they should, they'll be 3-0. and you then start the stretch of on the road at Texas A&M, home for Georgia, on the road at LSU, home for Ole Miss, and home for Mississippi State. Those are five straight games where if Auburn does not play good football, Auburn will lose. Auburn can lose those games. And if you look at it farther, you have to go on the road at Vanderbilt. I think Auburn should be fine there. You do have to play at Arkansas. You get New Mexico State and then the game at home against Alabama, which who knows what that's going to look like by the time that rolls around. But it's the Iron Bowl. You never know. But where I'm going with this is Auburn should be 3-0 and after this weekend. You give them the fourth win versus New Mexico State later on in the year. We'll give them the win at Vanderbilt if they play well. We've seen Auburn mess around with the Commodores before. So there's five wins right there. 
But imagine if they didn't win that Cal game and they only had four wins and had to find for what Auburn fans want as a six and six or seven and five season. And you're trying to find three or four wins out of Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, a really good Ole Miss and State team underrated, I think, on the road at Arkansas and Alabama. I mean, that Cal game and that Cal win is the difference between what could be a five and seven year or a seven and five year. Making a bowl game and not making a bowl game based off of the win itself, momentum, all of that. I mean, I just can't express enough how much just winning the game truly means sometimes. And that's what that Cal game was. And not that I'm putting that much emphasis on tomorrow's game, but yeah, I mean, you got to come out and win the thing. But Auburn has a good chance to be 3-0 and after this weekend, man. Well, you know, I think that diehard Auburn fans like me and the perspective we bring is that, yeah, we were going to be 3-0 and uh, after these first three games. And then after that, you know, it was gonna, it's going to get real, okay? Um, it, most people thought after UMass well here we go we might have something this is going to be a really special season and then you know how fans do they're week to week we play a tough game at Cal emotional it's a weird trip the the sky's falling we're going to be lucky to get to a bowl there's still a lot of data that's out there to collect before I'm going to make any final decisions on at least predictions on what I think is going to happen in the season but I'm with you where do you find those wins if you don't get that cow win it's imperative that Auburn gets to a bowl game in this first season gets those extra practice reps you know how would you like to be out there on the recruiting trail going up against the likes of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and them saying look they can't even get to a bowl game right if the future's not there that's not they're selling fool's gold Mm -hmm. you know the negative recruiting starts in what's odd to me about this schedule the more I look at it is if and a big if they can get out of Texas A&M with a win and they're 4-0. The back half of this schedule historically in Auburn has always been very difficult. I mean, there's been years where we've had to play LSU, Georgia, and Alabama in the Mm -hmm. back half. When I was growing up, it was called Amen Corner. Look, you had Florida, you had Georgia, you had Alabama every year to end the season. This is a manageable back half of the season. If Auburn's healthy, they can beat Mississippi State. They can beat Vandy. They can beat Arkansas. They definitely will will beat New Mexico State. And then all of a sudden – if things are going well and you got eight or nine wins mm-hmm. and you're at home and it's the Iron Bowl and it's the Indian burial ground, like all the Bammers like to say, and Nick Saban's coming to town and he looks old and he looks tired and they're still having quarterback issues, you might have something a little bit more special than we're giving it credit for. But got to take business and take care of business tomorrow against Sanford. Get better before Texas A&M. We'll take our final break, come back, give our final predictions and thoughts on the Auburn-Sanford game uh, and the other things going on around the SEC. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Friday edition of On the Line, I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle Tebow and Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by our friends at Green Heating and Air. Uh, they sponsor the second hour of the show every Friday here on ESPN 106.7T. Shout them out, show your love for them, and then your final predictions for Auburn Sanford tomorrow. Yeah, first of all, I appreciate the uh, Plaza Bar over in Midtown and the Plaza Bar Studios. Your pregame destination Tiger fans enjoy the Plaza patio out there and get you home 
love the original Warburger. They got fantastic food and drink specials all weekend, including a Sunday brunch that's to die for us when you before you go out of town, right? And yep. then Sense of Green, <laughs> hey, they're a great partner. Check them out at www.senseofgreen.com. $50 off any repair right now, 0% APR for 60 months on select systems if you need a change out of your HVAC system. That's Sense of Green, heating and air, Sense of Green for air that's cool and clean. Jacob, September 12th, 1992, Uncle T-Bone was a senior in high school at our beloved Auburn High, over there in the 500 building, just hanging out. And a young tater tot came to Auburn, a spry Terry Bowden was the head coach of Sanford. Tigers took care of business that day, 55 nothing. The gear didn't go as planned afterwards. Pat Dye retired. I couldn't believe it. One of the most shocking moments of my life. One of the wake-up calls to what the real world really is all about because I thought he would be our coach forever. Okay? The Tigers will not take care of it. And then Bowden becomes the coach next year. We hired a guy, we beat 55 to nothing. Isn't that Jabba? Mm-hmm. It will not be 55 to nothing. I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling that Auburn's just going to go out there and blow them out like they did UMass. I have the Tigers 38, Sanford Bulldogs 17. We're 3-0 and and going on to College Station. I think Auburn needs to show something tomorrow. I think they need to get better tomorrow. But if the weather's supposed to be bad, I, again, I haven't double-checked it, but if the weather's not going to be pretty, I just don't know how much Auburn's going to show. They'll win. I'm not worried about that, but... Uh, if if I'm sitting here on Monday and I haven't seen anything offensively or if Auburn gets banged up some more injury-wise, I'll be worried on Monday. But Auburn will be 3-0 and when I sit in this studio on Monday afternoon. Enjoy the college football this weekend. Some sneaky good games. Check them out. Get your picks in at ESPNAU.com. Also, check out our high school games tonight. Lee Scott at Glenwood. Don't you miss it. AU 100. I'll be on the call on 100.3. And Auburn High taking on Jag down in Montgomery. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, Jack Cutton over on Wings 94.3. Tomorrow, all your Auburn football coverage begins at 2 o'clock on Wings 94.3. 94.3 for the game day show with Jack Hunt and Uncle T and then the Tiger Tailgate Show countdown to kickoff and kickoff of Auburn football on wings 94.3 T I enjoyed it brother I'll see you this weekend and talk to you next Friday yep that was a lot of fun War Eagle and Huey Truss and uh, we'll be 3-0 and and we'll see you next Friday here at 106.7 brought to you by Sense Green there you go until Monday 2-4 to 4, stay safe I'll talk to you later